All aboard! I woke up today to the news that President Trump will no longer be the President of the United States of America. Seeing the memes reel in, mocking him and cheering at the demise of his power, I felt like I could let out a sigh of relief that I'd been holding onto since the election results started pouring in. If you're anything like me, let's do it together. Breathe in for one, hold for three, and then breathe out his racist, xenophobic, sexist ass. I was going to do my first inaugural podcast on Trump, as it is like the biggest news in the world, but I thought I'd add a few tweaks post the election outcome news. So before I get into it, hello and welcome to the first episode of Papaya Paradigm with P, a podcast where we explore the parallels of pop culture and politics. Today's episode is a solo episode where I plan to delve a little into history, interweave with current politics and reference pop culture, finally to land into a field I like to call the Scarlet Haze. Papaya Paradigm with P is my shout to the abyss, my outpouring of conscious thought to anyone who will lend me their ears. For today's podcast, what does Tiny Hands, Ancient Rome, Trump, and 55% of white females all have in common. Keep listening. We'll get into it. My first interaction with politics would have to have been grade five. We had a class election and someone got to be class captain for one week. We all made our little speeches about what we do for the class should we be in power. I didn't win. I don't even remember who did win. But what I do remember, there was one boy. Let's call him Trevor. We were explicitly told to not tell each other who we voted for. Straight after we voted, Trevor asked me who I voted for. I declined a couple of times before giving in and telling him. I then responded and asked him who he voted for. Then he ran up to the teacher and told on me for asking. I got in trouble and I think I was given detention that lunch. Rude, I know. Damn you, Trevor. Now I'm not comparing my juvenile experience with class elections to the severity and intensity of choosing the President of the United States. What we already know is that if Trump was to be voted in, the ramifications for black people... LGBTIQ+, trans, immigrants, women, was going to be costly. What I am well aware of is that when we have an uncultured swine with a bad haircut chuck a tantrum, this can have huge impacts on society and history as we know it. The front page of the Saturday paper said, One small hand clinging to everything except reality. Pictured was Trump's hand in a fist. Personally, from looking at the picture, I can attribute that it does look a little small. There's a couple of points I need to unpack here. I'll start with the easiest and most obvious one first. Baby hands. An ongoing joke about President Donald Trump is, in quotation marks, his baby hands. Graydon Carter, the editor of Vanity Fair magazine, described Trump as a short-fingered vulgarian. 
In 2016, Marco Rubio, a United States senator, said, He's taller than me. He's like 6'2", which is why I don't understand why his hands are the size of someone who is 5'2". Have you seen his hands? And you know what they say about men with small hands. The crowd starts to laugh. You can't trust him, Rubio says. Trump, in response, he said, look at these hands. He stood on the debate stage, holding his hands up for the audience. Are they small hands? And he, re- and he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I can guarantee you there's no problem. I can guarantee you. Um, excuse me, gentlemen, what's with the penis jokes? We're talking about the future of 300 odd million people and you want to make jokes about a male's anatomy size? The second point I want to unpack from Saturday's paper cover is Trump's alleged detachment from reality that he has lost the presidential election. At 2.20am on Wednesday, November the 4th, Washington time, Trump said, on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity for the good of this nation. This is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. Hmm, okay, sure, Trump. Look, I'm sure the news and other media sites will cover exactly how the electoral voting process takes place. I instead want to focus in on Trump's mindset. Am I able to introduce you to Nero Claudius Caesar, one of Rome's most infamous emperors who ruled a turbulent 13-year reign between 54 AD to 68 AD? Well known for his debaucheries, political murders, persecution of Christians, and a passion for music and dramatics that led to a rumour that Nero fiddled while Rome burned during the Great Fire of 64 AD. Bernie Sanders even referred to Nero when describing Trump, who played golf during the coronavirus pandemic. Trump has attacked doctors and scientists trying to protect us from the pandemic while refusing to take strong action to produce the masks, gowns, and gloves our healthcare workers desperately need. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Trump golfs. Nero was an emperor of Rome. At the beginning of his reign, he was praised for reducing direct taxation as well as power sharing with the Senate and ending closed-door political trials. However, his reign quickly started heading downhill. Nero was passionate about singing and acting, which in Roman times an actor was compared to that of a prostitute. So this raised the anger of his elite supporters. Furthermore, there was kind of the little thing about how he murdered thousands of people including his aunt, stepsister, mother, first and second wife, stepbrother, and many more. Some were killed in searing hot baths. He poisoned, beheaded, stabbed, burned, boiled, crucified, and impaled people. Anyone who opposed his reign or opinions threatened his rule or in general just got up into his personal space were done for. 
He was also involved with sexcapades involving prostitutes, underage males, and possibly there was rumoured incest. And yet Nero was loved by the masses. He gave public performances in the music and arts. He participated in the Olympics. When the Great Fire of Rome happened, he took it upon himself to organise relief efforts. The Great Fire of Rome, which burned in 64 AD, was said to have burnt for six days straight and destroyed two-thirds of the city. It has been rumoured that Nero played a lie or violin, which is yet to be confirmed, as his city burned to the ground. Though it would be easy for me to make this comparison to Trump, who played golf while over 250,000 Americans died of coronavirus, allegedly this claim about Nero is not completely true. So instead, I would prefer to try and make comparison about facts that we do know are true. I could make some comparison about Nero removing obstacles in his path and compare that to Trump firing anyone who posed him from director of the FBI James Comey to Trump going through at a minimum four chiefs of staff. Or what about Trump's own controversial sexual past with prostitutes and close ties with Epstein and underage girls? Then there's also Trump, who had a celebrity background of being on TV and being a part of Hollywood. But none of that really interests me. It's 2020, every second politician has had some sex scandal or acted in a movie. What I want to know is what contributed to Nero being so loved by the commoners and Trump still having at least 70 million people vote for him in the 2020 election. Aristotle once said, a common danger unites even the bitterest of enemies. In Nero's situation, the great fire of Rome, he blamed on the Christian community, which was a relatively new religion at the time. Many were refugees from different lands that had come to Rome. This started brutal persecutions of the Christians as people looked for someone to blame for the fire. One story I read about said that he would use Christians as night torches by setting them on fire to provide light to his garden parties. I'm putting this out there. I think there is a comparison between Trump and Nero and that comparison lies between their treatment of minorities. Trump built his base around immigration being a national security threat and a drain on the economy. He built a damn wall to stop illegal immigration and asylum seekers. Trump accused immigrants in the country of illegally stealing jobs from American workers. In 2015, he declared, they're taking our jobs, they're taking our manufacturing jobs, they're taking our money, they're killing us. A little extreme, don't you think, Donald? Donald Trump has done what a lot of other leaders have done, create an us versus them. Hitler versus the Jews, John Howard versus the boat people. Personally, I don't like the vernacular boat people, but for this explanation, I'm using it. Typical pattern is to give the other humans a different label from us and say they're going to harm us or our resources and to turn the other group into a concept rather than human beings. When building tribal boundaries between us and them, some politicians have managed to use fear to circumnavigate our logic triggering people's emotions. When we are scared, we can regress and become illogical and tribal, which politicians can weaponize for their own agenda. It's scary. 
So who's missing from this narrative? Women. Why did 55% of white women show up and vote for Trump? I'd like to introduce you to a group. They're called the Deplorable Choir. They've written a song for this occasion, and I think it's only fitting we give them a listen. We're the Deplorable Choir. We don't care if you're I don't know about you, but that kind of hurt my ears a little. From my research, overwhelmingly, white women are voting because they feel their identity is being attacked. The values they are keeping are no longer held sacred, and they see Trump as their protector. I want to play you a clip. This is Donald Trump, and this is the man they feel is protecting their values. Some tic tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. I think that clip speaks enough for itself. Ex President Donald Trump, let's call him that, saying that he'll grab a woman by the pussy. This man that they see as their protector, who constantly talks about keeping values and nationalism, this has spoken to white women more than their basic womanhood on issues like gender pay gap or race relations. Another part of his base is evangelical Christianity in the US, which sees him as a protector of their conservatism. Despite having multiple relationships with prostitutes or underage girls, Trump is speaking to their identity and creating a space where he says he wants to keep their values safe and immigrants and people of colour want to attack that safe space. Remember Nero? He attacked the Christians because they were the minority and blamed them for the fire being started in Rome. Was Nero playing his lie when Rome burned? Were the Christians really to blame? We don't know. But it's the same thing happening in contemporary America. Trump has written the narrative. Trump has weaponized nationalism so that his supporters blame the minorities or the liberal left for daring to attack their identity. See what he did? Trump created an us versus them. He empowered 70 million people to vote for him. Trump weaponized identity and fear. He made 70 million people believe that at all costs they must protect their identity, religion and right to exist before considering the needs of the nation and their fellow man or woman. We're feminists here. That scares me. America really needs to take a moment of quiet contemplation and think about its true values. I personally want to thank everyone else. The 75,198,127 people who decided to show up and get Trump out of office. 
They came out in numbers and they came to ensure that Trump and his reign stops now. It's still early days and we will see how Trump reacts further to the news. I personally, I've said my piece and I don't want to do another podcast focusing on Trump. It's done. I have a lot more interesting and fun topics to cover that I can't wait to share with you in the coming weeks. But if I can leave you with one thought, the politics of fear. We know Trump did it. We know other politicians definitely do it. So what are our politicians doing? What are they trying to make you fear and me fear? John F. Kennedy said, let us not seek the Republican answer or the Democratic answer, but the right answer. Let us not seek to fix the blame for the past. Let us accept our responsibility for the future. Thanks for that, John F. Kennedy. I sure am heckety sure that I will accept my responsibility for the future. Let's hope Trump and his supporters do the same. TTYL, speak to you soon. Papaya Paradigm with P. 